See, we figure if you like this here podcast, then you're going to like Outside the Box because you're a maker, you're an innovator, you got a big brain in that skull of yours. Maybe you're a consumer who wants to peek behind the curtain of some of the world's greatest organizations. You're going to love Outside the Box. The latest episode especially because here at Game Theory and Money, we're talking football. Well, how about former NFL Commissioner Paul Tagliabue? I mean, really getting after it, talking about the innovations on and off the field that helped uh, his tenure as commissioner uh, lead to football becoming America's most popular sport. It's a compelling conversation, and we cannot recommend it enough. Talks about opportunities and challenges and things that he and the league faced that are very similar to those faced likely by you uh, or any business uh, anywhere in the world. So you can listen along to the Outside the Box podcast on Apple Podcast Stitchers, Spotify, or wherever you decide to consume your podcasts. All right, welcome to a Thanksgiving week short. It won't be super short, but a shortened episode of Game Theory and Money. We're going to focus a long time here on playoff odds because, man, were there a lot of swings this past week, some upsets, some wins that propelled teams seemingly into a very strong position to qualify for the postseason. Uh, and then we're going to get into the Thursday games. we got a triple header on Thanksgiving Day for the NFL, so you eat your food, you enjoy your libations, and you consume football and we all know why this podcast is different because of Cynthia. Cynthia Freeland, with all her big degrees from Northwestern and predictive analytics and MBAs and math and 10,000 simulations, she puts a lot of work into this. She scours her sources. She figures out what variables are going to get plugged in. And easy for the rest of us to say, it spits out a number, right, Cynthia? And that's the number you share with all the folks that are listening. And a big thank you to all of you for spreading the word and leaving reviews and posting things on social media. It's a new podcast this year. We want to keep it going. We are growing every single week because of you. And we cannot thank you enough. Uh, Cynthia, anything to add? I'm just happy to be here on Tuesday. Thank you for coming early in so we can get this done and get it out. Yes, yeah, i got to catch a bird to I Dallas, know. Texas, because the Chargers are playing the Cowboys on really Thanksgiving Day. It. So we're knocking this out a little bit early. Let's start with your updated playoff odds, because this is the one time that we look back. But it's also looking forward based on everything that happened this past week in Week 11. Uh, let's start with the 20 teams that have the best chance of making the playoffs, AFC and NFC. So starting in the NFC, we almost have a 100 percenter. That would be the Philadelphia Eagles. We're almost there. That makes me so excited when we finally reach the 100 percent mark. Right at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> at least we've got one piece of the puzzle figured out. So it actually kind of some interesting things happen. So it goes Eagles, Saints, Vikings, Rams. But the Panthers in the wild card have a slightly higher percentage of making the playoffs than the Rams, who are slotted to win the NFC West. And then the Seahawks rounded out with the sixth place in terms of who's in right now per my model. The interesting thing here is that really the NFC South is going to be the entire linchpin for the NFC. We could have three NFC South teams in the playoffs this year. See, I'm happy you mentioned that because just to kind of share the numbers with the people I'm looking at them, you don't get to see them, but you mentioned the Eagles at 99.9, the Saints at 97.5, the Vikings at 97.4, and then there's this precipitous drop when you get to the Rams who are currently leading their division, but they're 22 percentage points below the Vikings at 75.6, and it, it's something that, that we've been getting into 
And that's the wild card in the NFC and how drastically different that wild card is from the AFC. Couldn't be more different. Because (laughs) you may win 10 games and not get into the playoffs. And that's where the Rams kind of tipping point comes because they're currently leading the NFC West. And that may be their path in. They may end up having more, I should say, fewer wins than the wild card team they'll be playing, which means they'll have to play a postseason road game because of that shift in the way that they do uh, who hosts a playoff game, the team that won its division or a team with the best record. It's Honestly, even the Rams, and in this case the Seahawks, or whoever ends up in that wild card, really depends on what happens in these last few NFC South games against each other. Like when you see the, you know, the Saints and the Falcons or the Saints play the Saints Panthers. Saints have two against the Falcons, yeah. one against the Panthers, and it's at home. Uh, but the Panthers have kind of an easy schedule. They get the Packers at home, the Bucks at home. Uh, they get the Jets. So when you're trying right. to find that path to 11, you can make a pretty good case that the Panthers and the Saints are both going to get there. The Panthers and the Saints would be the two that if I were, you know, to say my confidence index on this, those are the two that I think, like, you know, Saints are probably going to win and the Panthers will end up with the highest wild card seat seating in it. But honestly, the Falcons could swoop in and they've been getting some kind of, I'm going to call them lucky wins. Like, you know, they, when you're facing Seattle and you're missing kind of two important members of the Legion of Boom, that's a, a, a luckier Not situation. to mention you've had no running game all year. Your right. offensive line And has, you have a lot of drops. Right. You're right up there in the top five drop rate. Per, you know, so and drops for catchable balls. So, so just kind of look at it this way, right? If you just want to play the schedule game, and who knows what happens. Players right. get hurt. Players come back. But that's what makes it fun. The Seahawks caught such a bad break that they're going to play the Cowboys the week that Ezekiel Elliott returns. That's that's the week that they get the Cowboys. They also have Philadelphia at home. They have to travel to Jacksonville. They get the Rams. Uh, we know the Rams always play them tough. They were a drop pass away from winning that game uh, against the Seahawks the first time around. Cooper Cup just flat out dropped a pass in the end zone that would have won that game. So they have a tough go at the end of the year. And, and Cynthia, I want you to focus on that team you have at number seven right there. Because they're playing on Thanksgiving. We're going to preview it. <sighs> but just just share with the folks because that's a big gap between number six and number seven. 51.2% to make the playoffs versus 39.9%. And that is? It's the Lions. It's the Lions. The Lions. And, and you know why that number's there, Cynthia? They've got an easy schedule. They sure do. They have a cake schedule. But, you know, <laughs> I've never put it past a team that doesn't have a very decent run game. And by decent, I mean really a semblance of a run game that – can get them into playoffs are all about not turning the ball over making the playoffs especially as a wild card you gotta not turn the ball over and when you don't have a consistent run game it increases your odds of turning the ball over and that's really where the lines and I'm not look you know I'm a Matthew Stafford defender I, I think he it's it is statistically proven I think he's underrated in many categories and I think that the one problem though is that the turnover the turnovers happen when you're forced to throw the ball more often. So that's where I get scared. The, the one issue, too. I and their run when, defense, we'll get into it. When you yeah. want to play like the game for the Rams, right? No, here come the Rams. Here's the schedule that everybody was talking about, and they've got that win equity, but can they hang on by their finger by, by their fingernails? We saw what happened in Minnesota. They get the Saints. They get the Eagles. they got to go on the road and play the Seahawks, go yep. on the road and play the Titans. But – I think we feel pretty good saying the Rams are a good team. Right. You know, the, the Rams look like a good team. I don't know if we feel comfortable saying the Seahawks or the Lions are a right. good team. Like, they've shown us enough to say, hey, I, I'm, I'm going to hang my name on, on either of those two teams. And I feel like there's enough people out there that would do that for the Rams. 
I totally agree with you. Um, I do want to point out, Money Wood is the playoff odds for the Cowboys. Down to 11%. Yeah. Which, I mean, look, you lose Ezekiel Elliott, and it's clear for all the people that were having the debate last year about Rookie of the Year and MVP, is it Dak, is it Zeke, is it Zeke, is it Dak? You see what that offense is. I mean, it's built around Ezekiel Elliott, and everything opens up based on defenses having to commit to stop one of the most dynamic runners in the league that can do it on all three downs. Do you want to switch over to the AFC now? I do, but I just quickly, yeah. because I know you won't do it. Because it's your, it's, it's your hold up your hand and wave and show where you live in Michigan. Uh, yep, right in the middle. Right in the, the middle. The thumb faces right towards New York. It faces east. Just in case you're wondering yep. why Mid-Michigan. we brought up the Lions, here is their remaining schedule. They need five wins to get to 11. Obviously, they have a tough one with the Vikings. We're going to get to that tough. on Thanksgiving. But Jets, Packers at home. I'm sorry. They have the uh, Green Bay Packers at home, Cincinnati Bengals at home, Chicago at home. They get they get Tampa. They I mean they they are they They'll are lose to Tampa. That's me as a fan. That's not See, my math. There you go. That's why <laughs> someone who does nothing but crunches numbers and I may have their road and home all messed up, but it, uh, it 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 really breaks in their favor. For all of our Michigan listeners, I'm gonna they everyone will empathize with okay. my position where we just like it just feels like your like your your stomachs in knots. Like you're it just oh it's it's just a scary I feel feeling. Feel like I'm listening to a Chargers fan. All I right, know. let's shift over to the uh, speaking of these Chargers because there's a little something interesting <laughs> here. Let's shift to the AFC. AFC. So Patriots actually come out a little bit ahead of the Steelers now and by a little bit I mean 99.8 versus 99 points <laughs> one tenth of a percent <laughs> the more interesting one to me is the third team there <laughs> and just what that number is yeah so the Jaguars at 96.6 percent chance of making the playoffs 72.3 percent chance of winning their division so that that is a big drop off because those other two the Patriots and Steelers both up over 98 percent both in terms of winning their division Jags Jags have an interesting the, the thing that's been working for them is the fact that their historically good defense has not been tested by their offense not, you know, like doing it too many turnovers. Right? You know, like there's a break point, right? You can you can have a lousier offense if your defense can make up for it. And, like, there's some break point between, like, how bad one can be versus the other. So it, we, we haven't seen that tipping point in any game yet. Yeah, I mean, I, you know what? We kind of did, right? We well, saw yes, it in the Charger game, but the we Chargers blew the game, um, you know, with the two interceptions in the final three minutes, and the Chargers just couldn't capitalize. And, again, that's a product of how good that defense is and right. the fact that they forced a fumble right away and then they held them to a three and out. Um, but that's a great point because how – can you really put a lot of faith in an offense that is built around Leonard Fournette, who now has a high ankle sprain? Uh, TJ Yeldon has shown and Chris Ivory has shown that they cannot fill in for him. They do not bring what he brings. And then you got to put the ball in Blake Bortles' hands. And as right. easy as the schedule, and man, do the Jaguars and Titans have that's, easy schedules. That's what that's what really needs to be – like, and that's why the Titans end up fifth in that. And, you know, the Chiefs are actually fourth now, which is a pretty decent fall, not just because of the one game versus the Giants, but because of how – the the indicators for what has happened in that game, you know, your inability to stop the run, even though they weren't on a per carry basis, giving up a lot of yards per carry. They were Orleans Darkwell had, you know, like something like 75 yards on 20 carries, something like that. And previous to that, he'd been up at like up over five yards per carry. And that in my model, if you've got a five yard per carry back, that is a strong indication for success because that leads into everything else. But the chiefs inability to kind of they didn't abandon the Giants didn't abandon the run, and the Chiefs kept allowing them to earn those first downs, those chunk yards. Like, then that's really kind of what changed the 
you know, we knew the Chiefs' passing defense was leaky, but now we see a little bit of a vulnerability in their yeah, rushing even, defense. Even though they've lost four or five, you still have them at basically 90%. Yes, it's 90%. I'm not like – But, but I'm you know not what? <laughs> I, think, I think that's a big product of, you know, when you mention you do playoff odds, you look forward, and they've got four or six games at home. Those home games are against the Bills, the Raiders, the Chargers, and the Dolphins. You know, it's, it's not the Patriots and the Steelers. Now, the Steelers already went in there and won. It's the mm-hmm. only team that's won at Arrowhead so far this year. But you just kind of get the sense that Andy Reid said to his team, hey, look, you know, when we get through the first 10 games, we got to be at least – I bet he even said, let's be 5-5. Five and five. Right. If we're 5-5, five and five, I feel pretty good about us getting to 10-6 and six and getting into the playoffs because of how it laid out there. And, by the way, their road games are Jets and Broncos. Right. So it's it really lays out well for them. And then that last one, rounding yeah. out uh, – I'm. you know what? By four-tenths of a percentage point – the Los Angeles Chargers have snuck up into the second wild card spot in the AFC. Matt Money Smith, how do you feel about this? Um, it's well, <laughs> you know what? We're we're gonna be we're gonna have this exact. We're gonna be able to have a conversation yes. that maybe has that number go from forty-seven to fifty-seven based on what happens on Thursday. And I know we're gonna get You're into right. that Thanksgiving game, and it seems to have. You know, it, it it managed to break right for the Chargers. It rarely does, but no Ezekiel Elliott, even if Tyron Smith plays. He's going to be injured a little bit. He's going to be banged up with that groin. That's Sean not what Lee, you want going. Right. Yeah, no Sean Lee. So it they have a they have a decent schedule. After Dallas, they get both. They have two home games, one against the Browns, one against the Redskins. They're road games. Yeah, they got to go to Kansas City, but then they go to, get to go to New York and play the Jets, and I think that's a good matchup for them. I have that I have that Washington game earmarked as one that is a pivotal matchup because Washington has really been kind of this thorn in many teams sides and the things that they're doing right are things that could be pain points for the Chargers defense and I mean things are doing right Kirk Cousins offense offensive wise deep passes could be pain points in this one so that one to me could be the turning point for whether or not they make the playoffs and and you know what again it's something that kind of look injuries happen to every team but absolutely instead of Chris Thompson which is a kind of back that would give them fits it's Samaj P. Ryan who's not Fine. as fit worthy. He's not fast. Nope. He's more of a between the tackles thumper. And that play with Denzel Perriman back now, and the fact that they're, as even though they have the most dynamic one two pass rush punch, they're playing a lot of run D. Those guys are playing tighter to the line. You're seeing Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. When you look at their tackle totals, they're some of the highest tackle totals of any ends in the league, especially that are that good rushing the I'm passer. I'm going to love seeing that so. O line matchup against those edge rushers, if as long yeah. as they're healthy, because Washington's O line when they're when healthy, that's yeah. going to be a fun. Sheriff to and see Williams, who, no doubt. Yes, so. absolutely. So yeah, I mean, it makes sense. The one thing I would say, I guess, I you know, if I were to guess, not having the you know the the math and the simulation that you have, I would probably have guessed the Ravens, even though it's so close. It's super close. Just because of their remaining schedule. You know, they get the Texans, um, they get the Browns, they get the Colts, they get the the Bengals, and if you figure 9-7 and seven is the number, it looks like they may have a better path. Although, going back to my little theory about the uh, San Francisco 49ers, and uh, it's very hard to go winless over the course That's of right. a season. I'm looking at that December 17th game. Got a circle around at it. At Cleveland, Baltimore Ravens offense that has not been very prolific. A very good run D in Cleveland that's going to have to force Joe Flacco to throw the ball. Surprisingly good run D. Run D. Eh, 
might be the one that we start talking about if they're still over when that uh, particular Again, contest comes around. Always for me comes down to turnovers as being kind of that's where you're seeing that. I mean, again, four tenths of a percent is <laughs> almost negligible, hey, but it's not week when it seventeen. Comes down to it might as well be four hundred percent, right? <laughs> but that's where it comes down to. So Ravens defense excellent. The problem is Ravens offense. We and Danny Woodhead being back does change That'll that help. a little bit. But you've you've seen some very inconsistent run games out of out of the Ravens. So from the playoff odds, we get to the Thursday games, a triple header. Uh, and that is why I contend that Thanksgiving is the finest holiday of all. It is delicious food. It is a familial atmosphere. Everybody's in a good mood because we're told to give thanks for all of the blessings we have in our lives. And that means leave me alone. I'm going to eat a bunch of food, drink a bunch of booze, and watch football. Will not happen this year because I'll be broadcast. <laughs> if I did, I'd be fired. I'll be broadcasting the Chargers Cowboys game on the LA Chargers I'll drink football extra for network. You. I'll pour a little out for you. Thank you. I You're appreciate welcome. that. A little bit of your. Uh, your I've sh- got a show until only 10 a.m. and then once after game day morning's over, then it. we're gonna go have some fun. My parents will be here. I love Thanksgiving. Okay, oh, well, it'll be just in time. Just in time uh, for, for the uh, Vikings yeah, for Lions. The matinee Vikings Lions. Let's go. Winner score. The winner is the Minnesota Vikings. The score is 24-22. So a higher scoring game than that defense might have you thinking. But I do want to point out here, Minnesota, they are still number one third down defense. And so that 28.6%, that's the best in the league. Right, but I I still think that in this game, more points will be scored than you might have originally imagined. And that was kind of the same conversation we had about the Lions and the Bears. You know, that Mm -hmm. here are two good defenses, and yet you had a whole lot of points scored in that one. So I want to talk about those first 10 points. In the past two games, the Lions have given up 10 points. So in the beginning of games, coaches script out, their offensive sequences. So their first, you know, the the first offensive sequences, maybe up to 25 plays are scripted. So they know what they're going to run ahead of time. And for the most part, they stick to those. And the Lions went down 0-10 two times, first against the Browns and then against the Bears. Same kind of problem. Then you saw another same problem here where their run defense, the front seven, there was a lot less pressure. Their Ziggy Ann saw that injury is a big deal, and they're allowing teams to run on them. So not only are you not scoring in the beginning of the game, which is a very crucial time to get on the board, but also you're allowing teams to run on you and take over the time of clock right from the beginning of the game. So you're now playing with a game script that although Matthew Stafford, I mean, listen, that he, this is what he does. He will get you out of a jam Big time, but that's not great for predicting wins. No, well, because they've come back. You know, they came back against the Bears. It sucks to be in a 10-0 hole, no doubt. But, and you know what, a lot of that, I guess it's not to relate everything to the Chargers, but it's very reminiscent of that. The Chargers Mm -hmm. have done the same thing all year, and I think it's because they've been so committed to a run game that just has not been that dominant. And I think the same thing is happening with the Lions. Yeah, well, 62 games without a 100-yard rusher. They're trying to establish a run game. It's not happening. Nope. Like you said, they're falling behind because they're getting three and outs or whatever, flipping the field immediately at the start of the game, and then they're like, oh, yeah, that whole plan about about sticking to the run game, well, that's now gone because Matthew Stafford's now going to throw it all over the yard, and Kenny Galladay is back, and Marvin Jones is going to have a big one this week, and then Golden Tate next week. Because that's what they should do. That that's I, I appreciate that you want to try to get a run game going because you're so concerned with losing games late. That's kind of been the recipe for for Detroit losses. Is they're heartbreaking in fashion. They have a lead. They lose it late. <laughs> I know so nothing about that. Oh, so we've wait. got to establish a run game and get a four minute offense going and punish these defenses so they're busted up late in the game. 
just let Matt Stafford throw it around. Start with that, and then figure it out if you got to get to the run. I, I, I truly think that that's part of the problem is they're trying to alter kind of what their personality is. Yeah, this one. So Marvin Jones last game had 140, or well, I guess Matthew Stafford had 140 passer rating when targeting Marvin Jones. That's gonna be a little harder against Xavier Rhodes in this matchup. For me, it, it kind of goes for more of a fantasy Golden Tate, um, Golden Tate game script. Although I still think Marvin Jones is completely playable in this one. The one thing I want to say on the other side of the ball. So when I look to see like what's going on with this Detroit defense and, and what's it's really when whenever the other teams the zone read they can't stop the zone read like that's that's where they're falling short the Detroit Lions defense and it's actually kind of opposite from last year last year it was the pass defense that was historically bad and this year you know Slay and Glover Quinn have played very well so in this game for me that means <laughs> Diggs and Thielen another big game yeah it's for it, both it's odd to see kind of just speaking to, to the Minnesota offense what's happened these last like two weeks you know when when Dalvin Cook went down yeah Jarek McKinnon seemed to be the obvious replacement because he's more like Dalvin Cook than Latavius Murray and I think they recognized yeah but you know what uh, a, a lesser Dalvin Cook a poor man's Dalvin Cook if you will is not as good for us as just starting to thump between yep. the tackles and punish defenses and, and it seems like that has now shifted to Latavius Murray and what's that led to it's led to more play action it's yep. led to those like you said Adam Thielen and Diggs and Thielen is nasty man I mean mm -hmm. he is wrecking people and he Slay is very to do good it. against slot receiver though so when Thielen's so in the slot be the great, that's, that's going to be a good matchup a great to watch. one to keep an eye on okay so I want to point out our pod is actually um, still on its streak because Kyle Rudolph after appearing on this pod last week Season high, five catches, 58 yards, and he had a 28-yard he had a 28-yard reception. So who are you talking to today? Listen, I don't How know. How selfish of you. you. How you. selfish uh, of you. It's you, actually. It doesn't apply to me. It doesn't so apply to you. It's so selfish of you not to talk to ever. a player and put your shine <laughs> on him and let him have an outstanding week. That's your fault. <laughs> I will take, uh, I'll take the Vikings as well. Okay. I'm still waiting for Case Keenum to remind everybody that he's Case Keenum. But uh, I'm assuming – you know what? No, I'm going to take the Lions. How about that? The, uh, I'm going to take the Lions. You know why? Because Case Keenum's going to remind everyone that he's still <laughs> Case Keenum. And if Coach Zim is still doing press conferences saying that he's not sure what he's going to do with his quarterback, then how am I supposed to believe in the guy? I mean, it is remarkable that he's still doing this, that this is a team that is leading its division, has one of the best records in the league, and he's still playing this game of, I mean, he must really love Teddy Bridgewater. I don't like the mental game that it plays in that locker room. Lions win on Thanksgiving. Oh, boy. All right. Chargers Cowboys. <laughs> well, I'm not pandering to you at all. Yes, you are. You always pander to me. No, I don't. Not even a little bit. But I have the Chargers coming out on top 25-24. Now, the score, the score seems a little close. A little? It's the <laughs> slimmest of margins. But really, to me, that just means that the model indicates that this could be a higher scoring game. So it could go back and forth. So think of the league average as 22 points. This one, a closer final projected score and L.A. Chargers coming out on top means to me Chargers are a great pick. And maybe this could be a great game to target in fantasy because maybe a lot of points scored on both sides of the ball here. Tyron Smith says he'll play. You probably know more about injuries than me. Well, I just, you know, t it's a short week, right? So it's hard for the Cowboys to establish, because it is such a short week, how close he is to be right. good, you know, because they're giving guys off. You don't want to run, you know, like in, in terms of the Chargers, I know that they did some stuff on Monday, and then it was pretty much just light work right. and jog through. So. How do you really know if that groin's ready to go for Tyron Smith? You don't. You're right. just hoping. And, and Joey Bosa and you know Melvin Ingram exactly. are probably not who you want to test that against. So but. that's the thing. If it's if it's Tyron, if it's not, and it's Bell or who, if it's Chaz, whoever Bell, it may be. Bell's 
Yeah, that's yeah. not I a mean, good replacement. Which, no, whichever guy. I mean, we saw what it was last week, right, with the Bills, with Cordy Glenn before. out. My goodness. I mean, look what Joey Bosa. And the week before. It, was, it might as well have been a discarded Christmas tree that was just put in his way. I mean, the guy was just – it was ridiculous. He was in the backfield the entire time. So that <laughs> – Discarded Christmas I don't know, tree. Whatever. I just got that. Thinking of the holiday season, <laughs> you know, and what could maybe impede a path to the quarterback. Because those things get kind of sharp, you know, they when do. they get old and you don't water them anymore. Really pokey. All right, continue. <laughs> My nonsense. So something positive. Alfred Morris did get going against Philadelphia. Philadelphia, who is the stingiest against opposing rushers prior to this game, he had four missed tackles. That's great for Alfred Morris's fantasy stock and for this team. He averaged over three yards after contact per rush and over 5.3, so it's like right around 5.4 yards per carry on average. So to me, this means Alfred Morris is probably the most playable fantasy asset in this game, and he could have a decent – he could be leaned on in this game, especially – I think they're going to have to. They're going to have gonna to. They're going to have to force the ball to him because they're not going to want to drop back. And the, the one thing I would say that, that I think is a sneaky fantasy play is Cole Beasley. Yep. Because you're not going to get a lot of seven-step drops. You just don't have the time, and I think you're going to have more of those kind of quick hits. The thing about Morris is that's not the back – I shouldn't say that. As of late, with the return of Denzel Perriman, with their shift on the defensive line to be more committed to stopping the run instead of just letting Bosa and Ingram fire away. Now, granted, you wouldn't know that because of what happened in the game against the Bills. But that's Shady's the kind of back that they have issues with. They bottled up Fournette. Mm-hmm. You know, Denzel Perriman had the, the team lead in tackles. He only rushed, I think, for 37 yards. Um, but I don't – you know, Zeke would have been the one to worry about. Absolutely. Morris, I think, is one that – it's misleading, I think, where the stats are because, remember, Jacksonville had almost 130 yards rushing. 59 of them were on a fake punt against right. a special teams unit, not a defense. Last week, a lot of people saying, well, that was garbage time for Shady. No, it wasn't. Shady had two runs in the first quarter that cut the lead to 10-7. Those were legit. Shady hits the outside corner, and no one could catch him. Two plays is all it took, and I think they went something like 68 yards um, for a score. So, But, see, that's what Alfred Morris could. He could be the elusive – you know, tackle breaking back. That's the only thing where he flagged, and that's that's right. kind of what the model flags. Well, like right I think here. what you said, it's they're, they're going to have to. They're going to have to. That's going to have to be volume the model. Is, yeah, volume is necessary. Uh, the one interesting thing I looked at here, Des has eight drops on the season, which is tied for number one in the NFL. I'll tell you the other one later. But the Dallas team, the Dallas receiving core and backs that catch passes as a whole they're actually not that bad they rank like something like sixth or seventh in the league so as a whole they're trending in the right direction so I'm I was trying to see like who's it really on is it really on Dak or is it really on the receivers but when you don't have your best jump ball 50-50 becomes an 80-20 when Des Bryant when when he has some drops going on that changes and so I think you're right about the Cole Beasley or maybe even the Bryce Butler like sneaky outside moonshot play in that one yeah, the you know I, I think in terms of the Cowboys, and this is you know t- total just irresponsible speculation, but I just I think much like Nathan Peterman, and I'm not comparing Dak to Nathan Peterman. It's been going no. so bad for him lately that if it starts off poorly, if Bosa gets a strip sack or if Ingram knocks him down a couple times. I think that ends up – it's just a snowball effect. That's now, okay, here we go again. It's now my third game. No Zeke. O-line is leakly. They got Jonathan Cooper at the left guard. I, I want to believe in his redemption story. Absolutely love the guy coming out of college. It just did not work out like it did for so many of those first-round picks that were O-linemen that year. I know the Chargers had one as well. But it, it just seems like that left side is so vulnerable with either a backup or an injury that that could just kind of – Remind Dak how bad things have been going and pressuring him into doing things that 
the team did not script yeah. them wanting to do. Well, speaking of pressure on O-lines, last game, Chargers, lowest pressure percentage of the season about that? against the Bills. And then um, on you know fewer pressured on fewer than 10 of his dropbacks, that'd be Phillip Rivers. That's a good sign. Things are going in a, in a good direction. <laughs> and by the way, it was a backup O-line. Right. Three of the five sp- – were technically four of the five spots, really. I mean, you know, when you think about what they had hoped that O-line was going to be – um, they wanted Forrest Lamp at guard. Instead, it's Kenny Wiggins. You know, they wanted Matt Slauson at guard. Instead, it's uh, it's uh, Dan Feeney. Dan Feeney was then supposed to play center, but instead that's Spencer Pulley. And then your right tackle, of course, Joe Barksdale's been out, and it's just been a rotating cast of Michael Schofield, Michael Ola, whoever it may be. So right. credit Phillip is what I'm trying to now, get DeMarcus at. Marcus fact, he's Lawrence, getting rid of it so quickly. Right. Demarcus Lawrence and David Irving, Irvin will give them – a little bit more trouble potentially in this one. And I want to talk about Jalen Smith for just one second, who's had been great in coverage. So you see this rumor, like I'm trying to find on their defense, how you target their defense and who do you think you're going to pass to in this game? I think it's going to be, um, you know, a, uh, receiver I know you like very much who had a 155 passer rating Ooh. for Phillip Rivers last game that'd be Keenan Allen yeah, yeah that's, that's and I think that's just a shift I think that's finally Ken Wisenhunt maybe getting his way over coach Anthony Lynn and saying enough with this running thing <laughs> Phillip and Keenan have something see this special guy? see this guy let's go get he's it. big yeah. go get him let's go yeah, get him. go get him uh yeah why not I'll take the Chargers as well <laughs> <laughs> didn't see that coming right Uh, I'm looking to have a happy Thanksgiving. All right, finally, the nightcap, Giants and Redskins. Uh, Winner, score. Winner, Washington, score, 27-18. So two closer games in the beginning of the day. This one, not so much. I I mean. (laughs) You're not buying the the big blue resurgence, the Ben McAdoo interview with each individual player. Everybody's good. We knocked off the Chiefs, humiliated Alex Smith, three interceptions. He hasn't had that many in nine years combined, and here we are. It's ready for us to close strong and set this up for Ben McAdoo's return next year. So I do think that the Giants' defense has been playing great. That was a great game that they had. They put. To, I mean, the John, uh, the JPP messed up tight end. He messed up my tight end streak. So no tight end touchdown. Instead, he helped force an interception. That actually, Damon Harrison actually held on to, but Travis Kelsey got JPP caused that. How Let's about just, just let your quarterback throw the pass, huh? How about that, Andy Reid? You're coming out of a bye, mister. I got a 98% win. Uh, we'll we'll talk the, about this when we talk about the Chiefs, but um, they went back to some things that they kind of reverted in terms of play calling. But the Giants, the O-line, the two things that were kind of positive indicators in this. The first, their rookie, his name is Chad Wheeler. He did pretty well dealing with Justin he Houston. He did? He didn't give up a Pardon sack. Pardon my disbelief. It was just a reaction. <laughs> it was a Southern California reaction <laughs> to the name Chad Wheeler. He he didn't give up a sack. He allowed one quarterback hit. That's better. I mean, than we've seen their O line doing. You know, this season hasn't been great for their O line. And Eric Flowers continued to streak with no sacks allowed. So it's getting a little bit better in terms of that. And part of the reason it's getting better is they're running heavier sets, more tight ends more backs used creatively they're not they're not using making 11 they're not making 11s which means three wide receivers they're using you know multiple tight ends multiple backs they're heavier sets not putting their you know putting themselves in the position to get crushed and get pressure on Eli Manning so I want to also point out that Orleans Darkwell who had been averaging over five yards per carry in games prior to this one that he'd been playing in actually he didn't they he didn't average that it was like 3.3 yard per carry average in this game but they didn't abandon the run so that 
commitment to the run shows they're trying to keep Eli Manning upright, trying to give themselves an opportunity. And by the way, that person who's tied um, with Des Bryant for the most drops in the league? Amari Cooper. Nope. Evan Ingram. Well, I guess it would make sense since we're talking about the Giants and Redskins. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so his, Evan Ingram's eight drops, just an interesting one. Obviously, Roger Lewis is the wide receiver choice if you can pick him up in your fantasy leagues here. But I want to talk about Washington on the other side. Okay. Before you do that, yeah, because everybody already thinks I'm a jerk, I do want to point out just just quickly, Cynthia, before we move to the Redskins, my reaction to Chad Wheeler was not because of your observation because I didn't watch the game. I was you know busy calling busy, the game. but uh, just watching poor Sam Darnold run for his life with Chad Wheeler, who was supposed to be some sort of acre on that offensive line for USC while he was there. So that was yeah. my reaction when you said Chad Wheeler. I was like, what? Do you think they'll be reunited? Um, for Sam's sake, I hope not. <laughs> He's already had enough of that guy. He's like, I'm done. I'd yeah. like to go stand behind him. All right, to else. the Redskins. All right, so Kirk Cousins deep passing, number two in the NFL. He has 42 20-plus passes. Spectacular. League average is 30, in case you were wondering. They also have the second-fewest negative plays. That one's kind of surprised me a bit because I, like, you know, he's – I, I, you wouldn't usually need to deep pass if you're having no negative players or fewer negative plays. But I also want to point out that Washington's defense is the second worst of giving up 20-plus okay. plays. Well, there you You're go. giving up 40, and the league average is 30, which probably won't be a huge problem against the Giants. So that's one kind of point on, on, on the side of Washington. And then Washington, they score the most points off those first offensive possessions in the NFL. They have 40. So average is like 23. So they're you know almost double the average. So remember I told you those, tw- you know those first 20 to 25 yeah, scripted, scripted plays. plays. Jay Gruden's good at writing. Jay Gruden can write some good plays to begin go. a game. They also Washington offense has the fewest, either top 10 and fewest three and out percentage, and they're the second best at converting on second down. Second down is like my new, like towards the end of the season. So everyone looks at first down, everyone looks at third down. Once the end of the season comes into play, you got to start looking at second down because that kind of encompasses what goes on in first down. So people have figured out your four plus rushing average on first down, but now what are you doing on second down? Are you throwing more often? Are you passing more? Like it's, you can see coaches' tendencies come together a lot more on this one, and they've got a good tendency there. I do just quickly want to say, uh, Terrell Pryor's been a bust. Jamison Crowder. I think he's not even playing. I think he's in surgery. He's out. So I'm just saying in terms of targets that Kirk Cousins had. Kirk Cousins. Jamison Crowder suffered through a stretch. Josh Doxson, who was not great, Mm -hmm. was asked at Ryan Grant. Chris Thompson's now out. Right. Samaje Pirine's there running around. I mean, Jordan Reed is not there. He's got old man Vernon Sup, Davis. Vernon Davis. It just doesn't Sup. matter. It yeah. does not matter. The guy just makes plays and throws to whoever he has is to he throw to. Is he a $30 to. million dollar quarterback? Yes, no question about it. Because you know what? You put him on the Jaguars instead of Blake Bortles, and holy God. He kind of looks like a cherub, I too. mean, I'm – He's an attractive man, Let's all right? Let's say cherub. Like, he's, he's got like, icy blue eyes and a very strong you know where, regal nose. You know what? Two things I don't have, Cynthia. Thanks for ruining my Thanksgiving. Listen, listen, I tried to tweet a picture at you showing you that you looked very young and complimenting you, and you totally snubbed me. I didn't see I'm it. I'm not over it. I didn't I'm see not it. Over it was it. on a Saturday night. It fell down on my timeline. You know, Saturday <laughs> night, my timeline gets full with all the club specials and where I need to go. And Who are I you picking, Washington or Washington? I'm taking Washington or? as well. Big? You know why? I love me some Kirk Cousins. You know why? Because <laughs> he, he went to Michigan State. Because he looks State. like a cherub. Because he's That's time why, he's Because he looks like a cherub. <laughs> All right, 
with the Thursday games behind us, we're not going to do them all, but let's just get to a few of the more prominent Sunday games, the ones with big playoff implications, Cynthia. So uh, Bills, Chiefs, look, the Bills are still 5-5 five and five and tied for that sixth spot in the final wild card. Obviously, the Chiefs have lost four of five, so this is a huge one for them as they have allowed the AFC West to come back into play for the Chargers and the Raiders. Uh, winner score. In crushing the Bills' hopes, I have the Chiefs coming out on top, 26-19. Who's the quarterback? <laughs> Who's Is is Tyrod the model? I put 60-40 Tyrod. 60-40 Tyrod, okay. I feel like that was fair. So does that mean Tyrod's like three inches taller and not as mobile? Like, how does that work? 60-40. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out how that snaps. works. 60% of the snaps. 60% of the snaps. 40% of the snaps. All right. <laughs> so we're like in, you know, in 6,000 of the models, it's Tyrod in 4,000. It's whatever. You can think of Take. it like that. Okay, so last game, something that was kind of interesting was looking at what kind of passes Kansas City was trying to pull off. And 27 of 40 attempts were under 10 yards, and 11 were at or behind the line of scrimmage. Uh-oh, screens underneath. We back. Andy Reid, we back. That's what he likes to do. It is, yep. Um, Kareem Hunt, though, better game than it kind of might suggest by his talent because everyone's looking for him to get the touchdown. He had five missed tackles. That's a nice number. Think of two as something a nice, a, a great running back will do. A little like, wiggle is back there for yeah. Kareem Hunt. Yeah, and half of his yards came off came as yards after contact. So, honestly, this is one where I think this is we, he sees the end zone. He breaks that streak because the Bills' defense is actually – the worst so they do not hold opposing offenses to three and outs most often so teams get three and outs most often against the bills 13.2 percent of the time that's so 87 percent of the time teams are not are extending the drive the average is like 24 in the in the national football league and the reason that this is happening is because of 10 plus yard runs which bills allow the second most marcel darius anywhere where, yeah where i mean you? before he left you. they were the third ranked run d in the league after he left Right, so those ten plus yards crazy. have come have really come in the past like four weeks. That's yeah, I think they have allowed. I want to say it is five hundred and it might be over six hundred. I think it's almost. I think it's over six hundred yards rushing since the departure of Marcel Darius. And, and most of those are ten plus him. rushes, like not even just little guys, like bigger. Like it's a lot to give up there. It's something like you know ten plus rushes. They have a they're ranked very high, uh, low meaning they give it up more, most often. 20-plus, low, 30-plus. Like, this is yeah, play, deep Play an amateur psychologist. I say you put Peterman in that game against the Chargers, and that's the result when you're 5-4 and four and in control of a playoff spot. And, man, that is a team that is not happy with its coaching staff or a front office right now. Um, they trade away their entire team, so, like, who's yeah, even there? It eventually catches up. We knew it was going to catch up, especially when you looked at the back end. Well, we didn't really because we kind of projected that they were going to the playoff. But – you got hey. two against the Patriots, well, and you know I mean, it, it does not break. If it breaks well for other teams to make it into the postseason, their turnover oh my goodness, differential like keeps them well. in it. They're, you know it, what though? They were a plus eleven going into the Charger game. They are now plus five. I know, <laughs> so, but but that's what I'm saying. Boom. Like you know, that's yeah. that's where you once you see that start to happen, that's a huge. That's probably the primary indicator. All right, Raiders Broncos. I have Oakland coming out on top, twenty three nineteen. Two dysfunctional franchises right now. You got strife in the locker room between Marshawn Lynch in the front office and a coach. You got strife in the locker room with the Broncos. They fired their OC. They don't know who a quarterback. Oh, might the be. OC. Oh, th I love the narrative in this game about the OCs. Okay. Okay. So Todd Downing replaced replaced Bill Musgrave last season in Oakland as the offensive coordinator. Guess who's the offensive coordinator well, for this game went in to Denver? Be the quarterbacks coach in Denver for Mike yep. McCoy. Mike McCoy fired. Out. Outie. Musgrave. He's done. 
Yep, Musgrave. The, the musty one. The Musgrave Redemption Tour. Yeah. That's the narrative of this one. <laughs> what a mess. I mean, what an absolute mess. You know who the leading mess. receiver is uh, for the Raiders this who? year? Jared Cook. Oof. Jared Cook, the tight end. The man who fantasy fools you every year. Because Tricks. he's so athletic. He puts together one game, you pick him up, and then he gives you nothing. But, yeah, you're right. He's been Mr. Consistent, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not huge numbers, right. but consistently it's been right around 50 to 70 yards per game for Jared Cook. Uh, their 8.3 drop rate is the third highest in the National Football League. Just so everyone knows, the average is 5.4%. So it goes San Francisco the most, then Jacksonville. Hence my and Amari then. Cooper guess when you ask Well, me Amari Cooper tied. has six drops. See? Just six. The other ones are eight. I was close. That's tied for, like, second. So you have <laughs> the Raiders winning because they're probably they're, less dysfunctional than well, the Broncos. Well, honestly, they, that, that's that's very true. The other part is that um, between Coleccio Semele and Marshawn Lynch, so 6.1 yard per carry. I mean, last week against New England, first 25-plus rush. We've seen some good things. I think, you know, whether or not he's in uh, embattled with the front, whatever is going on there, I think he's still going to break tackles. He's still going to get past that. And I know the Broncos' defense has been very strong against the run this year, but Marshawn Lynch downhill running is something that they're going to lean on, and volume is probably the indicator in this Yeah, I look at the other side more. You know, it's just the, right. the Raiders' secondary has been so bad. I mean, it has been brutal. Mm -hmm. And the Broncos, you, you want to think, could take advantage of it with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, but they can't. I mean, they can't because well, Khalil they don't have, have a quarterback. Something. Khalil yeah. Mack's got a little something to say about yeah, that. Yeah, their offensive line has been one of the worst units in the NFL, and they should have mm -hmm. seen that coming. Yeah. Um, and instead, they're acting all surprised and firing Mike McCoy. It's like, wait a minute. <laughs> You had a seventh-round pick as your starting quarterback. You let go of a guy who was actually pretty good in the preseason. He's now with Minnesota as a backup. You have, you know, whether it's Paxton Lynch, who was just elevated for absolutely no reason to a backup role over Simeon, who actually was okay when he was given time to throw, and Brock Osweiler that nobody wanted to see back in a Bronco uniform as your starter. Like, it is crazy. It is crazy what John Elway has done with that quarterback position as well, one of I'm the all-time great quarterbacks. I'm calling for the Jared Cook touchdown because that's where okay. the Broncos could be with by the tight end. So the Jared Cook touchdown is something that I like. All right, finally, I'll take the uh, Raiders as well. Saints-Rams. Saints-Rams. This perhaps – this is the this, most this, important game yeah. of the entire weekend I'm in terms of playoff implications, and I have the Rams coming out on top 28-24. This is the number one versus the number two big play, so 20-plus uh, receptions, 10-plus rushes. New Orleans is number one. They average 8.6 per game. The Rams are number two. They average 7.7. .7. Both secondaries are potentially banged up. We've seen a lot of people go on the injury report. The Saints are now missing Alex Okafor on the edge, and he's also really good against the run. That could change things also for the New, the New Orleans defense. It's good for Gurley, though, if you're playing him in fantasy. And on the other side of the ball, you know, you want to see Saints running backs, so Kamara and Ingram, they both rank at the top four in the NFL in terms of yards per rushing attempt, and no back has a higher percentage of rushes that go for 15 or more yards than Kamara so when you're looking at this defensive uh, the Rams defensive front you're looking to see like where are they gonna make their hay it's probably you know in this run game because they do average they allow like the sixth most yards per carry that be they being the Rams do so running backs in this one a good pick um, Rams defensive front though is going to make Drew Brees's completion percentage which leads the National Football League right now probably come down under that I mean you just Aaron Donald's going to change things Here's the one thing I'd be worried about, because I, I think if you look at the formula that mm -hmm. the Vikings used last week, Boring. the Rams the Rams are front runners, right? If mm -hmm. they get up on you, then that's exactly right. That's what they need. If they don't, 
then you can really affect them because yeah. they cannot stop the run. As and, and that's, you know, part and parcel with defensive tackles that are firing up field and trying to, you know, get to the quarterback. Uh, you run right at them. It's what the Chargers did last week, you know, with Williams in the middle. He's constantly coming, trying to break through the interior of that line to sack a quarterback. And what they do, they just ran traps right through the A-gap at him. And Melvin Gordon had one of his best rushing days of mm -hmm. the season. And when you have Melvin Ingram and – I'm sorry, when you have Mark Ingram and you have Alvin Kamara – Camara, it's like that's that to me is just it lines up so well for the Saints, and then you bring play action into it to a decimated secondary. I mean, it for you know for whatever reason, you know sometimes these matchups come down to you know Styles make the fight, right? Is what they the yep. scouts regularly say. This looks like a Styles makes the fight in favor of the Saints to me, just from what their strength is this season. I think I understand that from, like, if you close your eyes and try to imagine what happens. But the one thing that – or the two things that really sway this, for me it's like when I when I look at the math and I see what the model says, like the Rams are number one in field position. So special teams has been this kind of sneaky – I hate, like, Oh, Hector's yards. ridiculous. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. a ridiculous punter. Right. And it, that does make a big difference. It, it ends up getting – that was the difference maker in the Dallas game when the Rams beat Dallas when Dallas was actually kind of – at full strength, full capacity. That was kind of the difference maker in that one. And missing Alex Okafor, yes, you still have Cam Jordan, and he's an incredible pass rusher, but their balance of pa – you like that one-two punch. You always talk about that like with, with no, the right. Chargers, whatever. So when you're missing that second side of it, it's to me that changes – that changes a lot of things. And Marshawn Lattimore's health in this one could be the difference maker. The, the cornerback for the Saints, he's a rookie. He's been incredible. He's a dirt ball, like we talk about. You know, his his passer rating allowed is essentially the same as a quarterback throwing a dirt ball. So he's a great cornerback. He's been banged up. If he's not 100% or if he doesn't even play at all, that could be where those big plays for the Rams actually end up happening more often. Yeah, and I guess offensively, I, I never thought we would say it, but, man, the loss of Robert Woods, that's going to impact him yes, as well. Is. And who fills that void? Because Cooper Cup has shown that he has got issues catching the ball. He had the issue with fumbling the ball. Sammy Watkins, like you said, especially if Lattimore is playing, that's probably where he's going to lock up. Uh -huh. You try to figure out if it's a tight end game. Is it Higby? Is it, you know, and right. it uh, – it like you know, I think your your projection showed it. it's going to be a tight game. Tight game, um, and it could come down to. I mean, if there are some, we're obviously talking about this on Tuesday. So if there come, if there's some interesting switches in terms of who's available to actually play by the, the time Sunday rolls around, that it could totally change the the game in this one. All right, so you don't have to stick to these or anything we talked about today. Yep. As we shift your confidence index, Let's just do whatever it. your models spit out. Uh, that you suggest you feel most confident, be it Thanksgiving games, the ones we featured, or anything else? To recap all my Thanksgiving days, I feel very strongly about everything, right? So I think there's going to be a lot of – Everything I say, <laughs> I believe in. Okay. Think, That's why you said it. I think there's going to be a – I think there's going to be high-scoring offenses in Motown. Also in Dallas, you're going to see a good one between the Chargers and the – um, the Cowboys, so a lot of points in both of those. I think both the Chargers and Washington really come out on top strongly. And then if you want to talk about weekend feasts, at least right now on Tuesday, I'm feasting on Jacksonville and Arizona to have more offense than you might imagine. My final score on that is 25-19. Same thing in Carolina. I have final score Carolina 24-19 over the Jets. I think that's going to be a higher scoring game. And I think Carolina just shows us that this is where they start to really put it in that next year and dominate by more than a touch 
touchdown, or I guess five points in here, probably more than a touchdown, you know, is very likely in this one too. And I also have a little feast in Cincinnati and Cleveland. There you go, 23-18, Cincinnati coming out on top. So a nicer Thanksgiving for the Browns than you might imagine thinking that, you know, how after what we've seen the Bengals defense do. Yeah, I wonder if that's the one, huh? I wonder if you that's so? the one for them. I'm just, still, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting to call my shot for the week that the uh, the Browns get there. So if you one call it every only. week, then you no. will absolutely get right. No, I have not. I've not called it yet. <laughs> I, have, I have not Got called it. the one week. I'm deciding if uh, it's going to be Cincinnati. <laughs> no, it's not going to be Cincinnati. I'm going to save it. I think for the Baltimore <laughs> week. All right. Well, thank you uh, to our sponsor this week, Outside the Box Podcast. Check that out with Paul Tagliabue. If you like the football, if you like the business. Uh, or if you don't like one or the other, you're still fine. If you like both, you'll especially like it. It's called Outside the Box. Can't recommend that enough. I got a trivia for you on Tagliabue. I don't like trivia. Well, you're going to like this one. What do you got? Okay, Paul Tagliabue, his last year announcing the NFL draft was 2006. So the 2006 draft was the last one where he said, with the first pick of the 2006 NFL draft, blah, 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 right? Okay. So the last person he said would be the 32nd pick in the 2006 NFL draft. Do you know who it is? 2006 NFL draft. It was the Mario Williams draft. Remember, he did the night right. before. Right, he went number one. You. So it's the Vince Young. It's Reggie Bush. Last pick of the first round. I don't know. Was it Lendale White? No, no it was idea. close. It was traded from the Steelers to the New York Giants. It was Matthias Kiwanuka. Ah, I would have never got that. Mm-hmm. That's terrible trivia. How dare you <laughs> spring that on me? My God, how am I supposed to know that? <laughs> my goodness, a quarterback or maybe a one of my back. best friends. That's how I know. Well, congratulations. <laughs> it's an anecdotal trivia question, and it stunk. Uh, a big thank you to all of you for sharing on Twitter and Facebook. We appreciate seeing you pop up in the timeline and sharing it with your friends. Like we say, it's a new thank podcast. You very much. We are looking to spread the word. If you haven't yet, please subscribe. It makes it easy on you, makes it easy on us because it automatically downloads. Do it on iTunes, Google Play, do it on Stitcher. And if you have a few extra seconds or maybe all of one minute, please leave us a rating. We don't have a review of the week because of Thanksgiving. Didn't have a full week to kind of go through them all. So uh, if you haven't done it yet and you want to hear your fancy review name mentioned, uh, go to iTunes, write us a funny review or insult me. Uh, We'll read it. On the air. Or Cynthia, but that's not going to happen. Come on. That's why they're here. We'll read it on the uh, next episode. So a big thank you to all of you. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Also, our producer, John G. Shout out to him. Uh, Enjoy your Thanksgiving, everyone. We'll be back again next week on Thursday. Uh, So, what, we got 10 days here between when this posts and when our next Game Theory and Money podcast will show up. Uh, Big thank you. Happy holidays, everybody. Uh, Be safe out there. Eat too much turkey. Pass out on the coach on the couch, upset everybody in your family. Pass out on the couch. Yes, exactly. Pass, you know what? Why not? It's uh, that's a Foreshadowing. I'm, that's what You're I'm foreshadowing. planning to do exactly on the flight. Coach, I got to tell you, it's the best time for you. Yeah, there you go. Preview of our flight home. I'll be fired Thank you. upon landing, just like Lane Kiffin at that exact same oh terminal. Goodness. All right. Happy holidays, everybody.